Well, for these last couple of shows, if you've been picking up the whole organic matters for this week, been kind of things that are a little different on the, I hate to say this, the negative side of positive. Uh, I do love my dogs. If you've already listened to the whole show, that's there. Another thing that I've had a, a love relationship with for 30 years might be a little more unique, and that's earthworms. I used to do a lot of vermicomposting way back. Then I got into soldier fly larvas, all kind of, but uh, there's also a negative side to earthworms. In general, yes, they're wonderful for your garden. They're wonderful for, for the entire planet in the right place. But believe it or not, folks, right in our country especially, there are really alien earthworms, that sounds weirder than it is, that have spread to basically all parts of our country now. In some places, uh, causing some real devastation. As we North Americans have kind of busied ourselves about the various concerns, unseen invaders, we call them, have kind of been slowly kind of uh, amassing beneath our feet with a lot of us not even knowing it. Now, there are more alien species than native species of earthworms in almost all of our continent. And this is a newer study I'd heard about. I've actually talked about this a decade ago, but this is an update. The results reveal that the entire continent is being invaded by a non-native earthworm through a variety of pathways. The aliens represent a major threat to some of our native ecosystems. And I know it's going to be a surprise, so let me give you a little bit of detail about that. For those of you that never bothered studying it, why would you? Invading worms are really a problem all over the world, but the reason I got involved in it, they are especially a problem here in North America where many northerly areas have been free of earthworms. They were free of, up north, let's call it that way. Uh, northern United States even, and certainly Canada, was actually free of earthworms since the last glacial periods ended over 12,000 years ago. So the ecology in those areas evolved without the input of an earthworm. The study reveals showed just how massive this problem is. The team drew together more than 68,000 records, gone back as far as they could. They found the first records of uh, invasive earthworms in 1850. And then by 2021, they created a comprehensive overall picture of sort of its, for lack of a better word, a true silent invasion. They use the word alien. It kind of bugs me. Alien worms. Let's call them invasive worms are now found 97% of all areas they checked, whereas native species are only found in about 72% of the same areas. In terms of proportion of non-native species, earthworms are the most invasive type of animal we now put up with. Most people don't even think about that. Of the 308 earthworm species that we know of now in North America, 23% are non-native. A quarter of our worms are not ours. In Canada, invasive earthworms, as a matter of fact, make up about 78% of all the species found in the entire country. The alien species have also much bigger ranges than most of our natives do. A startling 12 of the 13 top most widespread earthworm species in our country now are not ours anymore. They're from somewhere overseas. They're alien, I guess, still the best word you can use. 
but we really didn't have a detailed picture of which non-native species are where before this study. The study was done by Maltum Jockum at the German Center for Integrative Biodiversity Research, but across North America, of course. It's very important work, folks. We're going to find out more important than we, we thought. Non-native worms not only alter underground ecosystems, as you might imagine, right? They also affect ecosystems above the soil. Earlier this year, the research team reported that in a forest in Canada where they were studying, the numbers, biomass, and biodiversity of insects and spiders declined as more and more non-native earthworms arrived. Other studies have shown that invasive worms actually cause declines in some plants, and interestingly enough, have even known to kill whole forest of sugar maples. They really are below-ground invaders, I have to understand. You, know, you do know that. But they also have impacts above the ground. Just because we don't see them, it doesn't mean that they're not creating a, a huge impact that we're just not aware of yet. Kind of add insult to injury, another one of my favorite subjects. The spread of non-native worms in northern regions of the continent is now being made worse, why? By global warming. With thawing permafrost and other changes working its way north constantly, the problem just goes north and will only increase and could get really dramatic up in forests where they've never had any pressure from underground, from earthworms for instance. A little bit on the lighter side, I have to say this though, the spread of the non-native earthworms uh, isn't not all bad. Earthworms dramatically increase crop production in the right places, number one, and believe it or not, especially in Canada, there's actually a thriving business of collecting these giant nightcrawler type earthworms for fish bait and for feed to other animals. At this point, we don't know that there's not much that can be done in areas where the worms already arrived. It is virtually impossible to remove an established population of these alien earthworms. We just can't keep ahead of them. If there's a good news in this little story, it's the fact the worms themselves do not spread very fast. They naturally, in the studies that they've done, and it's been going on for several years now, they seem to only be able to move north or in another direction from where they are about 10 meters a year. That's not very much, okay, 30, 40 feet, but they just keep coming, it never stops. It is human activities such as carrying soils and plants, oh, and earthworms to go fishing with <laughs> that have enabled them to disperse so much faster. I'm guilty. I had never even thought when I was young, of course, they may have been native earthworms. When we got through fishing for the day, we knew the worms weren't gonna make it, you know, or we would just turn them loose right there by the bank, the, the shore, the river shore. Plus, we could dig them there. I mean, we were very common back then. But I don't know that they were, were or weren't native earthworms. Had no idea at the time, of course. So measures may sound a little mundane, but cleaning your boots, washing your car tires, definitely not discarding unused bait worms, especially if you don't know what kind of worm they are would keep the non-native worms out of places they haven't already reached. The problem is that there is such little awareness of this. That's one reason I'm bringing it up. How many people out there that I'm talking to really realize this was a problem at all? Many people I met in Canada aren't even aware that earthworms don't belong there. It's just always been a part of their life. 
This particular story that I'm referring to came from New Scientist, and yes, it's peer-reviewed, it's just another study. But I do want to bring up on my own, again, I've been interested in this subject for over a decade, maybe, maybe 15 years. There are forests up in Canada that have laid down, have literally, the trees have fallen over. Come to find out the, the, the mulch that naturally builds up under these trees over years by Mother Nature is very slow to form and keep the soil structure. The, there are so many invasive worms that they're literally eating the, the organic material from around the roots of these trees to the point that the trees no longer have enough grip and end up laying down on the ground was not an old study then, it was a new study when I first saw it, but very interesting that earthworms, which we say are so good for gardens, so good for the soil, so good for, like anything. It's kind of like I always say about plants, you know, a weed is just a flower in the wrong place. Well, earthworms, especially alien earthworms, were in an area of, of the ecology that it's never for the millions of years prior to it, at least 12,000 years, we know, because that's when the glaciers wiped them out in the north, evolved without this earthworm helping it or hurting it. But now with not hundreds, but millions in some of these forest areas, they certainly have become an ecological problem that we need to at least be aware of. Now, for those of you listening, you know, I like to kind of mix up my show with different, well, whatever I come across. I literally hunt for the newest science, the newest articles, the newest ideas I can find each week and try to uh, share them with the rest of the world. And this is new science. Dinosaurs' ability to survive icy cold helped them actually dominate the planet. A new surprise, at least by me. Being able to adapt to polar climes enable dinosaurs to survive cold winters at the end of the Triassic extinction event when most other animals died out. We now know some dinosaurs evolved traits that allowed them to endure freezing winters during the late Triassic and early Jurassic periods. It could explain how they came to dominate the planet for the next 135 million years. So folks, they've been there. We just a drop in the bucket in time right now. Analysis of rock sediments at a basin where they were studying in northwest China, where dinosaur footprints had previously been found, adds to the growing evidence that dinosaurs didn't just inhabit luscious green tropical landscapes, but also frigid icy forest. A study at the Columbia University in New York found signs that the region regularly froze over at a time when it was definitely inhabited by what we now call prehistoric reptiles. The sediment contains unusually large particles that are typical of lakes that freeze over year after year. Now, I've heard them talk about, FYI, for your information, dinosaur fossils have been found near the poles. We've known that for years. But models suggesting that temperatures there drop below freezing between the years of about 240 million years ago up to about 175 million years ago have been disputed off and on. So no one really knew if the reptiles actually lived in the cold conditions. But now the findings of Olson's team, this team, explain how the dinosaurs went to dominate Earth after nearly all large land and sea creatures in the tropics had been wiped out. 
When the temperatures plummeted at the end of the Triassic period, the dinosaurs were prepared for it. We didn't realize that. Having survived feeding on polar vegetation and braving cold, incidentally, one of the evolutions was feathers that served as insulation. These dinosaurs then expanded across the world through the Jurassic period, taking the place of basically all the large non-insulated reptiles that came before them. Evidence is the latest to suggest our concept of dinosaurs really needs to be rethought. In essence, I guess I need to say that our dinosaurian history that we thought we knew has probably been all wrong. In other words, polar dinosaurs are probably not even on the margin. They may be the typical. And in fact, dinosaurs are fundamentally cold adapted animals. We just never really realized it till now. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matter.